Stevie, I think it's been 395, maybe 96 days since the last time we did one of these, uh, you and I. Is that, how close am I to accurate is that? Has it been a year plus? I don't know. We have a different president, uh, probably different Congress people. Uh, the world's up in flames. I guess that's still the same, but, uh, and a whole new season, man. It feels good to be back, okay? Like a that kid in the candy store right now i'm feeling good it's good to see it does you. feel good, good. it does feel good we actually uh you know for anyone that's listening i guess on tape delay we we watched the washington football team preseason game one together i i mean we got to go back maybe two seasons three seasons the last time we were we gathered for a preseason game at all uh it, it did feel good it felt good to to watch some of that uh, obviously the there was some big baseball happening um yesterday as well on the national stage the field of dreams, not by uh, the game. nationals, but yes, not by we will, we'll get to that. I mean, I know you've, you've probably got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, pent up uh, comments and things to get out as far as the nationals are concerned. And they're, 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 I mean, the pain and suffering is real right now for the fan base. And we'll get into the big trade from a couple of weeks back and everything else. But honestly, Stevie, I think it's been, I think it's been almost a year. I feel like we got on and talked about like, talked about something in the early, early Corona days, maybe, and here we are, you know, in August of 21, still dealing with Corona, different, but kind of the same. It just seems like it's been an eternity. But I, I for one, I'm excited to be back. Like, I, I actually miss doing the show. And, you know, we, uh, Paul and I last week recorded a little bit and just trying to catch everybody up. I mean, there's been between the the four or so of us that that are on the show regularly there's a lot of kids there's a lot of kids there's a lot of activities there's a lot of stuff that's been happening but mine are a little bit older schedule is a little bit more stable and personally i'm i'm excited to get back to just talking sports and life and reconnecting and and recording more of these things let's do it let's do it what are we wasting time for on, on life updates okay nobody cares about our lives they want sports I think people care about my life. I don't, I don't know if people care about your, your life. They care about my life. But we can talk sports. Let's go. I mean, where do you want to start? You want to you want to start with that, you know, baseball in the cornfield, or you want to start uh, with uh, with Fitz Magic? Uh, yeah. What 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 pays the bills is football. It's football season. Everyone's tuning back in, and there's a lot to talk about with that team yesterday. And there's a lot of excitement in the air. So I think we got to get straight to who looked good and what what happened yesterday. And I think we got to start with the quarterback position. I mean, we we. We don't script these things before it, but I mean, we had two guys show up, uh, three guys, if we're going to put Montez in there, but two guys that, and I've heard, I've heard a lot of talk uh, the morning after of Heineke and Fitzpatrick and people, you know, it's, it's the DC merry-go-round of QB controversies. Well, what did you think about that? There's no controversy. First of all, I didn't know Montez Sweat played quarterback. So that's an interesting one. We got to start with that. How, what are the chances that a team has two folks with Montez uh, as a name first or last? Doesn't matter. Um, totally spelled different. That's okay. 
it, it is pronounced the same. I, I, I think, no, I mean, I disagree. I don't think there's a merry-go-round here. I think, I think Fitzpatrick, for me, he's Fitz magic for you. I think he's Fitz tragic. Um, you know, and LP and FB have their opinions as well, but I think, you know, five for eight, 58 yards, pretty much what I expected to see in a preseason game. Uh, the beard looks magical. I mean, he just, he's, he's what this team needs. In my opinion, there's a lot of almost real firepower on the offensive side of the ball. There's some good skilled players and skilled position assets that this team has on. There's no, there's no clear cut superstars with the exception of one, maybe one and a half. Cause I think, I think Gibson is primed for a nice little breakout uh, this year myself. However, what this team hasn't had is kind of that, that almost like alpha type quarterback who you just know is in charge. They have that now with Fitzpatrick. And I would be shocked if anyone else is, you know, starting games one through four or even five through 10. I, I think this is, this is his job to lose. And I think he's going to excel. I mean, he, I don't know. I didn't see anything that that merit that merits uh, the the merry-go-round conversation. Heineke, I mean, he kind of picked up where he left off too. I mean, he had a spectacular run in the postseason. You know, that one magical game. But now he's actually got to do the job, right? And like now he's actually got to earn that backup role uh, every day. Uh, you know, he's got to earn the trust of the play, uh, of uh, you know of his teammates. He's got a lot of work to do just to solidify that backup role. And Montez got you know Stephen got. You got what two and a half quarters of of play, or one one quarter, two quarters of play? Um, I, I got to go back and take a look. I feel like he played the second half, you know, but he, he got to throw the ball twenty four times. I don't know. I, I I just don't think there's any controversy. I think Fitzpatrick is the clear number one. Well, you, you know, we're off to a rusty start when I when I agree with you right out of the bat. Um, you're absolutely right, and I hate that because Fitzpatrick is Say exactly exactly what this team needs after years of dink dunk and doink and that's a re- that's a wrestling reference anyone who's under the age of 35 okay my buddy doink <laughs> doink, doink the clown <laughs> it's, it's uh it's exactly what this team needs is a guy who's going to force the ball down the field give the receivers a chance to make plays and that's exactly what we saw yesterday he was throwing it into tight coverages he was giving his receivers a chance five for eight 58 yards 11 yards a pop nothing crazy but it's exactly what you wanted to see a confident guy who was well-protected by that O-line, and hopefully we'll get back to them, and Sam Cosme, but who was well-protected and making confident throws down the field after years of Alex Smith. And I'm, we're not going to talk about Dwayne Haskins. No, 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 no. After no, no. years of this, this is exactly what the, this team needs. The problem is, and it's problem in quotes, is that Heineke, every time he touches the field, plays well. And so he, he played well again yesterday. And, and DC, we have... You know, if you do something well in D.C. at least one time, they'll remember it for a long time. And RG3 is a great example of that. But Heineke in that playoff game against now the Super Bowl champion Bucks almost led us back to that. So we have long memories here in D.C. And so he played well, but I think he is a great backup. He is set up to be a great backup. And, of course, getting Kyle Allen back when he's – I always was a fan of Kyle Allen as a backup. Shout out to his PT, Drew Morco's buddy of ours. Uh, so, you know, I think – for once, they are going into the season really set up well in the quarterback position with an exciting quarterback, great personality guy, great locker room guy. This is something we haven't had. I mean, the, when you talk about the total package, and I don't want to make Fitzpatrick out to be, you know, Brady or Rodgers. He, he's not the savior of the team, but he, but the, he he's what this team needs. He's what this team needs. And you're not finishing that sentence. It's what this team needs because of that defense. And that defense was on display 
yesterday in the form of Chase Young kind of roaring uh, at Cam Newton and destroying Cam Newton right there. That's what – and, and so really, you know, you think that does the team just need a game manager? Fitzpatrick is a lot more than a game manager. Game manager. But this defense is going to be stellar. That front seven, especially when uh, Montez Sweat comes back, is going to be stellar. And they showed it yesterday. I mean, look, I think this team – and I shared my thoughts on this last week as well. If we think of this team, you know, just use Madden rankings for just a second here, right? If everyone is one or two points, you know, air quotes here, points better than they were last year on the defensive side of the ball, this is a spectacular defense. It just is. And on the offensive side, the the firepower is there. I mean, the tight end position, this is probably the best. Well, I don't know if it's the best. It's the best we've had in a while. And I don't, I don't personally, I don't mind Logan Thomas. He's a big target. Yeah, I think he had one catch yesterday for 20 yards or 20, couple, maybe just over 20 yards. There's some pieces here. I mean, we know what McLaurin brings to the table. Curtis Samuel is a big question mark. And Paul and I kind of talked about it a little bit last week. He was on the COVID list. Now he's off the COVID list, but he's unable to perform. If he's actually on the field and able to run the, those those deep go routes to, to force, I mean, there's a lot of speed here, Stevie. There, there just is. Steven Sims had a, you know, he had one grab. The um, there was just a couple people that that I think stood out yesterday. I mean, well, you're sleeping team, on Jared Patterson too. I, I was just I mean, about to mention. Him. Yeah, I was just about to mention him. I mean, he's got a shot at making this roster. He should make this roster. He should. He should. You know, and look at the running backs. Look at the running backs as well. Gibson is the clear one. Peyton Barber, you know, three yards of carry, not, nothing spectacular, but serviceable. Lamar Miller, I was shocked, and I told you this. I, first of all, I was shocked we were watching the fourth quarter of that game anyway. But Lamar Miller is trying to make the—he's trying to make a team. He's trying to make a team. I mean, that's a—that's another veteran presence in the locker room that hasn't been here, you know, since Adrian Peterson was here, you know, a few seasons back. So there's there there's some good pieces here. There just is, and I I like the way this team is constructed. There, there's one or two clear cut stars on the offensive side of the ball, but that's enough. I mean, that that's we're not the Titans you know, with firepower everywhere or big names everywhere, but you don't necessarily need that either. The NFC East is, is, I mean, it should be competitive, but I, I think Washington has a very, very real shot at winning this division. I, I don't think that's, you know, we always sit here in August and say, oh, it's Super Bowl or bust and we're going to, you know, 14 and two or whatever. And this team really does have a shot here to, to win the East handily, I, I think, I think. I absolutely think, and I don't think I think there's people a little bit smarter than us that say the same thing. I mean, ESPN ranked them the third best off season in the NFL. I mean, you, I mean, for once, you're actually being low key on the weapons. I mean, Curtis Samuel's a proven wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, he is going to be a great wide receiver when he gets on the field. And yeah, but those hammies, TV, those those hammies, he ain't even our number one because Terry McLaurin is going to be the breakout star and he's going to finally get the credit he deserves. People think he's good. He's going to be great. I mean, he was great. He was great when putting up great numbers when Dwayne Haskins was thrown to him. When you got Fitzpatrick thrown to him, he's going to be a breakout star this season. And then when you look at they retooled their entire offensive line, right? They 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 got Sheriff. They drafted Cosby. Cosby was fantastic yesterday. Yeah. He graded yes. highest in PFF for guards. I mean he was was playing so well. Charles Leno stepped up, new addition, Eric Flowers. So they have totally, very quietly, which is very unlike anything that happens in Ashburn over there, very quietly 
rebuilt that offensive line to match the prowess of that defensive line. Yeah, the defense, the defense, the defense barring injury will be a top, what, five, top six defense, maybe higher. The defense is going to keep them in just about every game. And if Fitzpatrick, I mean, Fitzpatrick did not have a bad, he didn't have a terrible season in Miami. And really, he got benched more for political reasons than performance reasons. I mean, they just wanted to get, you know, two on the field. And, you know, what's 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 done is done. What's passed is passed. I, I think he has an opportunity here to do maybe what, what Tannehill kind of did with his career in in Tennessee. You know, he, he everybody kind of, wrote him off and said, you know, he's a backup at best. And, you know, he got his not, he, I mean, he's, he's more than a backup. Right. And I don't like that term game manager. I think it, it diminishes the, the work that goes into performing like the, this position on the team. I mean, it, it's so much more game management. <laughs> like, like if you and I went out there, yeah, it'd be game management. It's just going to be, you know, we're going to the left, we're going to the right. That's game management. These guys are putting in a ton of work and Fitzpatrick. I mean, he, he can make every throw, he statistically, from a fantasy perspective, the last couple seasons, he's been a top five, top six quarterback. And I know on you know, the, the game on the field is different than the game on the computer from a fantasy perspective. But I mean, the numbers don't lie. This guy slings it, and generally speaking, his teammates have good seasons when he's on fire. And he's always on fire. He's always going to sling it. Like, what's he got to lose? He's got nothing to lose. Let me ask you: You worried about Dustin Hopkins? for two i mean the the average for some reason everybody misses field goals now so no i'm not i'm not overly concerned that's quite an argument that everyone misses field goals right now i i i think it would be very wft to have this great team offensively defensively and then then just not be able to kick a game-winning field goal to save our life well maybe we will just start going for two all the time Hey, they should be doing that in the preseason. They get to Wait, they you said it. On every you said it yesterday. I, I agree with yesterday. you. Why are we practicing punting? Like we have the best punter in the history of the league in Tressway. Well, River why Boat, are we punting? I mean, Riverboat punted on fourth and one and fourth and three yesterday. So yeah, my point is why? But like Trey, like Tress doesn't need the reps. Like the long snapper doesn't need the reps. No one needs reps. Just go for it, man. Just go for it. Well, they got to get rid of the preseason. That's we, we're all in agreement about that. Okay. I mean, look, I don't want to do the season prediction. I think all that stuff is coming later, you know, maybe a couple episodes from now. But overall, let, let, I'll give you one. They're, most sports book, uh, most sports books have them at 8.5 wins. Are you taking the over or under on 8.5? Yeah, the I'm taking NFC the East, strong, retooled team. What, 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 where were they last year? I don't know why I'm blanking on their record last year. Seven and nine? Yes. Okay. We're talking about two additional wins with everything they added, and and all the and hopefully less the controversy. Other. Yeah, and 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 Dax having secret MRIs. I mean, the the, the who's challenging situation. us in the East? The Eagles don't don't know who the quarterback is. No, the Eagles I think are going to take a couple of big big steps back. Uh, I think the Giants will be sneaky good, especially if Saquon is able to go. We'll see, we'll see. I mean, the Giants are always competitive. Giants are always competitive. Dallas will be the real question mark, and they don't have a lot of time to figure out what's going on with Dak Prescott. I mean, it, it, opening night's probably three weeks away. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm a I'm not a Dak guy, but I want to see him come back from the injury. And obviously, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I, I I mean, I would like 
I would like the, the the Washingtons just to kind of run away with the East. I mean, and I think they have an opportunity to do that. I think they're the be- they are the best defense in the division. You could argue they have maybe the second best offensive unit as a unit in the division. There's definitely more talent on in Dallas, but you got to have. I mean, you got to be able to play defense as well. And I don't know if the, there's a lot of leaky holes in that Dallas defense. So I think I think Washington's in a really nice spot. I think they're in a nice spot here. It's a new season, new day. Uh, you know, Dan Snyder hired his wife or something. I don't, I don't know enough about this, but uh, I, I don't think he's fully in charge. He's only like half in charge now or oh, something. He's, he's hiding so. under the desk. You know, he's sitting in Ashburn, okay? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what's old is new again, desk. right? But I'm big, on, I'm big on Fitz. I don't think there was anything yesterday to suggest that he won't be the starter. And I think the team looked good. The team looked good. I'm excited to see them, you know, come back to, uh, to Ral John. There's a throwback reference. Well, and, you know, I want to see that turf in person too. I want to, I want to, I want to walk that grass. That's, that's my season goal is to well, somehow get on the grass. You mentioned the team getting off to a good starter. You mentioned kind of uh, running away with the East or kind of getting ahead in the East. We, we are not used to that. The last two times we've won the division, we had to put together five wins and four wins in a row at the end of the season. You remember that 2012 magical season. Magical um, run. So, you know, if you look at their schedule, I know we're not doing predictions, but Chargers, Giants, Bills, Falcons, uh, Saints. I mean, that's a tough, tough first five games right there. So, why? You know, Falcons stink. The Saints lost their Justin quarterback. Herbert, you're looking at not Justin afraid Herbert of opening. Bills, AFC Championship playoff team. They're all former um, Washington guys. Former Washington guys have a ton of success once they leave here. Okay, I'm I expecting. Know. Look at Trey Turner, okay? I'll show you Max Scherzer right now. Well, hey, let's talk about the Nets. Good. Just give me, give me the, the the two word answer here. Good trade or bad trade? No, your two word answer is five years. Okay. <laughs> is I'll let you know in five years. I mean, that's exactly what you know. It's it's Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last. And essentially, Mike Rizzo decided that we will not be first this year. So I'm okay with being last. As we've seen, they lost nine of ten. They look like an absolute train wreck. I mean, the, the roster lineups they're putting out there should be in Harrisburg right now or Fredericksburg. So we're going to be last this year. But he retooled that farm system to make us competitive very, very, very quickly. And I trust Rizzo and everyone in the D.C. area and everyone that's listening should trust him because no one in baseball has had the same success putting together teams only Mike Rizzo has in the last ten years competitively year in and year out. So I trust him. And when he says he's not, see, the difference is people think about prospects. They do think about five to 10 years out. And the guys that Rizzo's got are guys that are, are, some of them are already contributing and some, and all of them certainly will be contributing in the next three to five years. And so this is not a long. I I just, I knew you were going to take like the pro Rizzo. I just knew it. I know we didn't we well, didn't talk about it, but neighbor, I just knew. My neighbor, you got to. I know your neighbor, neighbor, and we get coffee, and yeah, everyone thinks I'm his son. I know, I know, I know all the sound bites that come with Mike Rizzo when it comes to you talking about the Nats and Mike Rizzo. But Stevie, this is a this is a big deal. This is a big deal, and 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 the fact that the fact that the team apparently did not even attempt to talk to Trey, extend Trey, negotiate with Trey. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And I don't, are you giving him a pass on that as well? You're taking Trey's word for it. So 
you have why wouldn't I take Trey's word for fine, it? But you got to listen. There's always two sides to a story, as I've just seen personally here. But Rizzo, I mean, he was pretty clear. They didn't approach me with an offer. It's pretty clear. Well, they started negotiations. They they offered him two years ago, pre-pandemic, pre-World Series. Yeah, two years, years ago. Two years ago. The pandemic messed everything up. The World Series, you know, I think Trey is going to command next year. So he's obviously under contract for about a year and a half. I think if you're talking about Francisco Lindor's 340, 10 years, Trey's a better baseball player than him. He will be in that 375 range. So I think Mike Rizzo made a calculated decision is that we're going all in on Juan Soto. I think this whole idea of the Nats don't re-sign their guys is just not true. They pick and choose and then rebuild around people that they want to, a la Ryan Zimmerman, a la Steven Strasburg. We can get to Strasburg in a minute here. but uh, So I think they're going all in on Juan Soto. And so there's no way that Juan Soto will come for less than 400 to $450 million. So if you really believe that Trey Turner's getting in that 375 range, you're talking about close to a billion dollars on two players. It's just not possible. And in the same regard, we can talk about the prospects. We'll talk about Kiba Ruiz and how he's going to be, he's going to be a Buster Posey type. I mean, he's got power switch hitter, power from both sides. He's going to be a guy you can build around. Josiah Gray's already pitching lights out stuff, 10 strikeouts in Atlanta. But the person we're not even talking about is Trey Turner's replacement, who they drafted this season in Brady House, who is going to be a great shortstop. And so Mike Rizzo overnight rebuilt the farm system and is building this team around Juan Soto. But doesn't it bother you just a little bit to see Max and Trey in Dodger Blue? It's got to. It's got to. What, what part of that? Dodger Blue, Max and Trey? All of it. No, they're going to win the World Series. That's fine. That's fine. Win the World Series. It, it, you know what? It bugs me more Trey than Max. Somehow, I shouldn't say this on here. I wasn't a big fan of Max. Somehow, I think his his play has been overrated. And I think his. I know I'm going to get killed for this. I know, but. If you look at Game Seven of the World Series, I'm still. No, oh, I, I knew you. Okay? I knew you were going to say it. Yeah, the, the savior of Game Seven. Have I told you this before? Is not no. Max Scherzer, but is the left-hander that came out of the bullpen to pitch game, uh, inning six, seven, and eight. Patrick Corbin, who right now is a shell of himself because we overused him in that season, in that postseason. But uh, Max Scherzer, you got the best thing out of him, which is a World Series two years ago. He was never going to re-sign at the end of the season. You are not going to contend this season. So that's fine. Trey Turner is a five-tool player. I mean, Trey's the one that hurts. Yeah, I mean, Trey's the one that hurts. Even even the meme that's been been circulating this week of him, just that smooth slide slide. into home. Like, that's – like, the rest of the the country is seeing now Mm -hmm. because it's the Dodgers and the TV money and the – you know, they're they're always on. They're always the late game, et cetera, especially on the East Coast. Everyone's seeing what we've seen here for years and years and years in Trey. That that hurts a little bit, you know. Especially for me, like I'm not a I'm not a hardcore fan. I'm I, you know when it comes to baseball, I I rode the World Series hype train very like, and I rode it hard, and I celebrated hard, and I got into it big time. These are the names that I know. So for someone like myself, it hurts. But Trey in particular, who's got who's got a career ahead of him, 
it, it just stings. It stings, you know, like with Bryce, Bryce made a decision to leave. Bryce didn't have the skill set that Trey that Trey has. Just it's not even close. It's not even close. And and for the team to not even approach him to negotiate when he's got a year left or a year and a half left, I agree. I don't disagree with anything you said. It just leaves a kind of a sour taste in my mouth. Like why not? Why not approach him? Why not? Why not try to structure something to keep him that would work potentially? Like to me, the haul that they got back for them, it like it. You seem to be more impressed with it, and maybe you just know more than I do. You, I'm sure you do. It just doesn't seem very impressive to me. And yes, they well, needed to rebuild the farm system. And yes, it's been it's been totally depleted. And the output, like everything Mike did leading up to this point or leading up to that World Series championship was to get the World Series, to win the World Series, right? And because it's DC, and for those that disagree with the curse, only in DC do we win the World Series and then have the following season basically be destroyed by I Corona. You can't can't celebrate it. You can't celebrate our team. We can't celebrate the win. We can't we can't even attend games in the stadium. All the money that the team missed out on, you gotta think some of that factors in here. Like, you know, the the ownership team is not they're not stingy, and I agree with you. They sign the players that they want to sign and they extend the ones that they feel fit their long term, but not not actualizing and being able to capitalize on all the revenue that comes with winning the freaking World Series. That's such a DC sports thing. Well, it, it just is. Well, I had several thoughts to that. No, to your last point, a part of that revenue, that unearned revenue is sitting in Peter Angelos's office right now with that massive dispute, right? And so there's a piece of that where the learners are typically a little more conservative when it comes to that because they have so much revenue tied up in that legal battle. So that's something that you kind of- Is that like, the Masson nonsense? Yeah, the Masson dispute that they've been in court for years. And I mean, you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars here. So I mean, it's it's not chump change. So that's number one. Number two, I agree with you. I'm I'm trying to spin it in a positive sense, in the sense that I've been at Nats Park these last couple of weeks, about three, four times maybe since the trade deadline, since all these guys shipped out. And there's actually been a buzz watching these young kids. I mean, watching Josiah Gray pitch, there's been a buzz watching Luis Garcia look like Juan Soto and start hitting the ball like Juan Soto has been really cool. Seeing Keyboom's bat come alive, we've been waiting for that. We've heard that he was untouchable for years. And he's been such a disappointment. Finally seeing him have a 10-game hitting streak, it's been really nice to see. Obviously, he's got some errors. You know, He's got to step up the defense at third base. But if some of these young guys seeing Mason Thompson pitch, seeing Riley Adams hit a game-winning top of the ninth two-run home run, against the Braves has been really cool to watch. And so I think this was a long time coming. And this was, you, you cannot continue to kind of just drain your farm system and try to compete year in and year out and get these veteran guys on these smaller contracts and really hope they pan out. It's going to come back to bite you. It came back to bite us. Mike Rizzo pivoted quickly made a decision and the one thing you got to say about Rizzo is when he goes in a direction he goes in full force I mean imagine if they had traded half of these guys and kept the other half and they were just mediocre for a year I mean that may appease the, the, the sports writers and the guys that sit up in the press box next to us but that is not the best thing for the team and I think Mike Rizzo sees that and so I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt unlike the guys in Ashburn with the football team unlike the guys downtown in Chinatown at Capital One. 
uh, arena, I think Mike Rizzo, before anyone, has earned the ability to make kind of this pivot. And yeah, you, give you, give him, you, you extend a lot of grace to Rizzo. I'm trying to, to get him good in the neighborhood, okay? This guy controls uh, a lot of uh, my neighborhood, okay? So the team, the team, Stevie, is 50 and 65. You, will, they, will they get to 65 wins? Who cares? No, just give me a number. Like if we were, I mean, we we have a sideshow no, here. We'll they, do some they're, putting, they're you know, putting a minor league team up. No, they won't get to. Can they get to 70. sixty wins? Yeah, yeah, they'll win ten more games. Okay, and, but and not by fifteen. Way, don't be fooled that any of those NL East teams are going to do anything come October. I don't care what the Phillies. Phillies are beating up on the Mets, so the Phillies started looking good, and then the Dodgers came into town and whooped them. So, don't all of those NL East teams suck? Yeah, I mean, is there one that stands out right now? I mean, the Mets may have the most talent. Maybe. Mets, have, uh, I mean, anytime you can put DeGrom uh, every fourth day or fifth day as you get closer to the playoffs. But, um, yeah, it looks like the Phillies, based on schedule, will win the East, but they're a bad team. And they will get destroyed by any NLS team that moves on and faces them. Well, I mean, we'll be watching, but I mean, as far as the Nationals are concerned, I mean, the season is, it's not, I won't say it's over because we're, I mean, it's clear that they're evaluating talent, they're evaluating all their new pieces and they're trying to figure it out. But how long do you think before the Nationals are are competitive again? Two seasons? I mean, a lot of that answer depends on a doctor's office, wherever Steven Strasburg is sitting. Because if truly that surgery I think he's done. Ending. I think he's done, brother. You got to come to grips with it. It's done. Then I think two years from now, they will be competitive. And I'll tell you why that's important because three years from now, Juan Soto hits the free agent market. And I don't know if you read uh, that Jesse Doherty interview with him, which was an incredible interview. Juan Soto was very open about uh, his feelings about everything. He is clearly not happy. Uh, and so they have three years or maybe two years to really show him these kids can win with him or else uh, we'll have a very different conversation in three years. I'm surprised that you're pinning your answer on or making it somehow related to Strasburg. I think whether he's, whether he's back or not, he's, I mean, he's not enough. He's not enough to deliver. He's a world series MVP. I I understand. I understand. I understand. And can anyone predict who, what Patrick Corbin will appear next year? I mean, who knows? Guy was, Stud for years came over here was a stud I mean, are you betting guy. on stud or dud, Stevie? It's 50-50, stud or dud. I, I Maybe that can be our new segment. I will ride or die with Corbin after what he did in game seven. So I think he's going to take an offseason to rest, recover, and he'll be back next season. Can we talk about a much more interesting baseball story, which was the Field of Dreams game yesterday? Beautiful. Beautiful. Can we talk about Iowa and the cornfields and Kevin Costner and everything that that game was – I mean, it was spectacular. <laughs> I mean, that's the only word I have for it. It was spectacular. And you're, you're saying from a scenic standpoint and just from the scenery, but of course the game itself ended up being amazing. You had Judge and Stanton hitting go-ahead home runs at the top of the ninth and Tim Anderson hitting the walk-off in the bottom of the ninth. Incredible uh, baseball itself by two really great teams who were playing really well. So, I mean, it, it was majestic for the league. I mean, it was – and they just announced they're doing it again next year. And so – uh, oh, well, see, I, I actually hadn't read that. And I was hoping that they wouldn't do that because I don't know. You remember when you remember when the NHL announced the 
New Year's, New Year's Day, Day outdoor games. They did one here, right? They did one at Nats Park. They did. They did. Mm-hmm. But it was like a one team, one city, once a year. And, you know, a couple years later, it turned into one day, multiple cities. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this yeah, was really that, special yesterday. It's oversaturated. Well, I mean, I don't know. Baseball, there's a ton of games. It's a different, different, obviously different demographic that enjoys the game. You know, is it always the same two teams? I, I don't know. You know, but the cost to build out that or that that venue in uh, Iowa was about five mil, and they were initially planning to take it down. So I guess now they'll, they'll leave it up. I guess I don't I don't know what you do with it until next year when you use it again. Why? But they leave the, it up uh, as a tourist site. People, I mean, you see the line of cars. They were selling tickets three seventy five a pop to get in. I mean, there's clearly interest in yeah. that venue and in that type of uh, event. So. I mean, 8,000 8, fans sounded – they sounded great and they looked mm-hmm. awesome, you know, on TV. I mean, obviously I wasn't there, well, but it looked great. And, and for, for a sport that so often talks about pace of play and how do we get more people to watch, that atmosphere and that event is a made-for-TV uh, event. And so you got the guys coming out of the cornfields, Kevin Costner. I mean, it, it's made-for-TV in a sport that typically – uh, doesn't have a, a lot of great TV moments compared to the other ones. Yeah, well, I mean, there was something awesome just to see it on TV and the cornfields and the backdrop and the home runs like you, you noted. But I, from a business perspective, this was Fox's most profitable baseball game, baseball game in 20 years. The the numbers, the the media, just the, the actual like TV ratings, it's the highest since 2005. I mean, there there was something there that was compelling, like you said. To it, it almost transcended baseball fans, right? It was just it was an it was an event. It was an event that everybody wanted to see. Like, are they really playing a professional baseball game in a field in Iowa well, in front of eight thousand people? And the answer was yes, and it looked awesome. And the other thing, and the other issue that was brought up by a great Washington Post report. I keep on dropping uh, WAPO reporters' names, hoping they'll come on the show. Chelsea Jane wrote an article today uh, talking about the transcendence of that game in the sense of you were bringing in a lot of guys and baseball has become a global sport, a lot of brown and black players, bringing them to Iowa and exposing these guys to the cornfields of Iowa and exposing the residents and citizens of Iowa to the game of baseball. And so this idea, they don't, they don't have TV, Stevie is their first interaction with baseball. There, as one of the signs in the stadium said, end the MLB TV blackout. I mean, they don't, they aren't able to watch their home teams play, as we know here in DC. You can't watch a Nats game unless you're wired in with cable. So, yeah, MLB needs to kind of get with the times a little bit. This blackout for local teams is nonsense. I mean, they start, they really need to start appealing to a larger fan base and a younger fan base here in the U.S. and bringing in minorities, brown and black players, which has been great. And it was great to see guys like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and, and, uh, you know, all these guys coming in, looking at the cornfields, pulling out their cell phones, talking about what an amazing atmosphere it was. So a lot of them haven't even seen the movie. Yeah, Well, I would imagine most people listening to this right now haven't seen the movie either. I've seen it exactly one time, and I remember bits and pieces of it. It's not something I've seen over and over again. You know, but, you know, I'm, I'm just curious to see how they, what do you do with it the next time around, right? Do you make it a larger venue? Do you build out more, 
more seats to capitalize on some of that revenue? Or do you keep it small and intimate and let the hype, you know, just make it a special thing? And 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 how do you pick which teams are going to go to Iowa? You know, I mean, does every owner, do they do this over? I, I don't know how you do that. Like the revenue sharing and the TV is one thing, but you're also giving up concession sales and everything that comes with having, giving up a home game. Do you do it a, you know, do you make it a series, you know, a home and home and both teams host one? I, I'm not, I'm just curious to see how, how, you know, the powers that be in the ML in the MLB didn't mean to, to rhyme that how they handle this, because I think they, they do have a monster on their hands. This thing has legs, as we like to say, how do you help it walk and how do you, how do you allow it to run and really become a thing? And I'm also curious, slight tangent here, what the NBA is looking at something like this and saying, or oh thinking God, about doing, about because I, I know, I know. And it's the season's over and I'm not going to, I mean, but, but the NBA has an opportunity to take their game and put it somewhere unique as well. Maybe more so. Like you can't necessarily do it with a football team. You're not going to take a two pro teams and go to some uh, high school field in Texas. But the NBA could do something like this. Maybe. All right. Well, tell Rodman to hook it up in North Korea. <laughs> I, I, that wasn't my first thought. I was thinking like an aircraft carrier or something where they've done where they've done something well, they've like done, that. Uh, the Duke UNC game on an aircraft carrier. Yes. Yes. But like why? Why? But why couldn't the Knicks and Nets play a home at home at like Rucker Park in New York? That would be cool. It would be cool. Uh, get, it would be cool, right? It would be with the microphone. Get uh, microphone why not on the court? <laughs> why not? I mean, the, listen. If any of the league, the NBA needs a ton of help getting people back to pay attention to its product. I mean, I mean, how many seconds of the finals did you watch, Steve? Seventeen. Do you know who won? Uh, it wasn't Kawhi and the Raptors. It wasn't LeBron and the Lakers. Ah, oh, my boy, Giannis. 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 Antetokounmpo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Most humble, humble champion ever. You see him riding through the drive-thru with his uh, chicken nuggets and the trophy. <laughs> it, was a really, it was a really cool video. He's just, just rolling through Milwaukee with the trophy. In, in his impressed. I just named the last three years of champions. Kawhi and the Raptors, LeBron, the Lakers, Giannis. Kawhi is a free agent. Really? Did you know that? Dude, I thought I saw him at a summer league game. Did you? Well, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Have you been following the Wiz? Are you aware that the Wiz traded Russ Westbrook? I, I am. I mean, I was right. Uh, it was like trade mania around here when uh, the same time as Max and Trey. Yes. Yes. Do you think that they consulted each other and said, hey, let's just crush DC Sports altogether? <laughs> you know, instead no, of spreading it out. They don't need to consult. They, that's, they know the, the game plan. Oh, man. Well, but football's back. I mean, football baseball is going to be hard to watch the rest of the way, but football is back. I mean, we got we got some football yesterday. And hey, next episode, let's uh, give me some time for the Malice in the Palace documentary. When's that coming? Already out. Watched it last night after I left you. Oh, really? Yeah, on Netflix. Do I want to watch it? Yeah, entertaining. We'll take you back to 2004. Is it better than Ted Lasso season two? I wouldn't know. Have you started season two? I haven't started season one. Never seen the show. Are you serious? No. Stop whatever you're doing. That, that's some. That's this is shocking. The whole planet has seen Ted Lasso and loves Ted Lasso. I'm not taking any more wrecks from you. Wait, you gave me uh, billions. 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 The Showtime show. Yeah. The amazing Showtime show. Yes, no, I gave no, you that no, one. No, no. no, give me Succession. Okay, Succession was a great show. You you gave me succession and I got a, I got, I've started it I've started it 
Yeah, you would get. But, but Stevie, you're, you're you may be the last person on the planet that is not watching Ted Lasso. I've heard. It's incredible. It's worth your time. Right, we'll put it on the list. It's worth your time. How much of the Olympics did you watch? I was on vacation, saw a little bit. In uh, in my favorite sport, I think is swimming. I don't know why. I think it's the best TV Olympics you can watch. I think it's cool. They got the little meters track showing how fast they're going. It was cool. Um, track and field was good. It wasn't as good this year. I mean, I think the Olympics, and I, I mean, I think it's a larger conversation. Uh, something missing at the Olympics this year. And it wasn't just the fans. But there was some type of pizzazz that uh, was missing from the games this year. But the fans have a lot to do with it. There's no Maybe. no live cheering is a is a big is a just a big disappointment it just is you know i thought everything about team usa maybe it's the political direction of the country how about that okay for an existential thought perhaps i mean there's a lot of people that didn't watch you know there's a lot of people that stopped eating subway because of megan rapino which i I have my thoughts on that too i mean it's uh sponsorships are a finicky thing but yeah i mean they're definitely missing something It, it was bothersome to see you know athletes do whatever they're doing and, you know, high-fiving and hugging in the pool. And then like the, the COVID theater of coming out of the pool and putting the mask on to do an interview. Like some of that stuff, just me personally gets super under my skin. Like, like what are we doing here? Like you were just literally in a pool hugging your competitor or celebrating and now you're out and you have to wear, you wear a stupid mask to talk into a microphone six feet away from a reporter. Like some of that theater just, just really gets under my skin but, you know, it was also hard to find stuff. Peacock is not easy yeah. to navigate. Probably yeah. has the worst, the worst design, um, like, app interface ever. It doesn't matter what device you're on. It's poop. Uh, you know, but look, football is back. Soccer is back. The Olympics are over. Do you know that – do you know about the arguably best player in the world switching teams? I don't live under a rock. Are you sure? I don't mute the word soccer on my Twitter feed. Yes, I've seen uh, Messi at uh, um, Paris Baguette or whatever it's called. It's not Paris Baguette. Okay, it's PSG. I'll give you yeah, a dollar if you know what Paris Baguette. I'll give you a dollar if you know what number he's going to wear. <sighs> don't all the big guys wear nine? He wore ten. I'll go with three. It's not, it's not a terrible guess. Neymar wears ten, and he offered to give it up. Messi said no. So Messi will be wearing 30, which is the number he rocked when he uh, made his debut for uh, Barcelona 20 years ago. Can we also talk about the fact that he's 34 years old but was at his former club for 21 years? Doesn't that seem amazing? Incredible. 21 years. 21 years in the system at Barcelona. And due to constraints posed by the league, not the team, they couldn't re-sign him. Just crazy. Crazy story. But anyway, Stevie, any final thoughts as we put a bow on the yeah, show. It's good to be back, Joe. I'm, I'm ready to do this more. Okay. Don't shut me out. I got a I'm lot to say. Anybody. I'm not shutting anybody out. We got some big things for those that are listening. We got a new, we got a new lead in track. We got some, we got some things happening over here. Hey, when we do things. Who made it? Who made it? Uh, Nikki and Croatia, our sound engineer oh, currently on vacation. Uh, I I've been bothering him for about two weeks now, just sending him stuff and saying, I want to do this. I want to do this. But it, but it's got to it's got to sound like DC, and I wanted certain clips, and yeah, there, there was a lot of back and forth. But it sounds good. I think we'll use it for the for the foreseeable future, and you know, when we need to tweak it or when something amazing happens, you know, Nikki will uh, he'll he'll hook us. He'll take care of us. 
but it is nice. It's nice to have a proper lead in. We've we've tried many many things on this show. We're this show is two hundred and twenty seven episodes old for anyone that's just finding us. 